Welcome to Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. I'm your host, Ashley Hall, and today we have the pleasure of learning from Miss Amy Albanese. Hey, Amy. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Finally. I know. Right? That's my fault. No, it's mine too. That's this life's is, fault. Yeah. Blame it on the kids. Mom life. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So if you're listening today for the first time, we would like to welcome you to the Red Hill Stories podcast. This is our church podcast, Red Hills Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, We just wanted to sit down and learn from people in our church, hear their story. You know, Sunday mornings are really busy. We don't always have the time to uh, learn from each other and get to know the backstory of everyone's lives. So this is one of the ways that we wanted to really get to know people better and give people the opportunity to share their story about what Jesus has done in in their life. Um, I love that our church is all about Jesus Mm -hmm. and we just want to shine a bright light on Jesus Mm -hmm. and get the good news of the gospel and how Jesus changes people's lives out there in the world. So it's the whole reason we're doing this. And um, if you have listened before, if you haven't done it yet, um, please go ahead and go to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's like Apple or Spotify, and maybe leave us a review, uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode, and even maybe go the extra step and find your favorite episode and share it on social media so we can get the word out. We're just trying to bring more and more attention to the podcast so that people can hear the good news of what Jesus has done in people's lives. So, all right. Let's go ahead and get into it. Amy Albanese. Hey there. (laughs) Do you want to just take a quick second and tell us something that maybe people don't know about you? Something surprising? Um, I, I, I thought long and hard about this and some, one thing that's kind of cool, super nerdy is (laughs) that my family were descended from the Prussian general that helped Wellington defeat Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo. I mean, most people, that's a bunch of things they, I mean, so a lot of people have heard of Waterloo. There is a drink named after it now. So that's, you know, that's helpful. But um, yes, uh, descended from a man, I butcher it, Gebhard von Blucher. Blucher. There's oh umlauts in there. I know. I know. This is very bizarre. He was nuts. So. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most amazing, you know, it's not like being descended from Lincoln or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, he thought his skull was made of some strong metal, and so he would bang his head on things, and he thought the <laughs> ground, he, like, he thought the ground was burning, and so his attendants would have to carry his chair around oh, for dear. days at a time. He was a drunkard. <laughs> Anyhow, but I guess he was successful militarily, so, and so now we don't all speak French, so, so... <laughs> It There's worked that. out. Yeah, it yeah. Out. It worked out. It worked out. Um, but also, I like um, like documentaries. I like sports stuff. I like. I can't tell you who won the last Super Bowl. I can't tell you the starting lineup for the break. Like nothing like that. But I'll like kind of, kind of get like caught up in one sport at a time. And like I really like Formula One right now. Like mm. so. Cool. Yeah, I know. I guess I'm like I'm a one thing at a time person. So yeah. yeah. So I like sports documentaries, sports shows, um, and then and then through that I'll kind of get like real fixated on a sport for a, a minute. And so I like Formula One right now. 
That's cool. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I need better hobbies. <laughs> when you have the time. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, when are you going to have the time? Right. So how did you learn about the lineage thing? My grandfather Van, did some. What is there, yeah. My grandfather did some research. Okay. And I, family tree, you know before Ancestry.com was around, you know, Mm -hmm. he did that. And then um, we were able to learn a lot about him. My mom has a portrait of him, like a big oval portrait. Yeah. In this gilded frame in her house. And there was this professor at FSU that taught this graduate level class that kind of deep dove into military history of that time, found out about the painting, brought his graduate class to my mom's house and as we're standing there, you know, like, here's the portrait. And we set out snacks. And, <laughs> and then the professor asked his students, yeah, do you, like, he asked us, do you, what do you know about your, about him, about Von Blucher? And we don't really know much. Um, and he says, okay, well, students, do you, what, you guys want to share any details? That's how I learned about him thinking his head was made of some metal and the fact that he was kind of nuts and he survived a battle because he was so drunk <laughs> that his when his horse was shot down, it landed on him, but he was so drunk that he somehow survived the pain of the fall because normally if he had been sober, the pain would have killed something like that. So we're all accidents. Some people say that about car accidents. Yes. Yeah. The person drunk driving is less likely to have injury because they're like, you know, more Lucy. Yes. Something like, so something. Not so we're, tense or whatever. Yes. So we're like, so we're, all these other people are telling us how crazy our relative, <laughs> you know, our, our distant relative was. So that's, I mean, that was interesting that there's a professor at FSU. I don't think he's there now. Huh. This was a while ago, but yeah. So Wild. that was uh, not the lesson we thought we were going to get right. that night. Yeah. No, that's really cool though. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Well, um, Amy, why don't you also just take a second and let us know kind of who you are, who your family is, who you come to church with. So the people kind of know, oh yeah, it's that lady. Right. <laughs> Which is, I think is so funny is when you have young kids, I feel like one parent is always tracking at least one of the kit, you know? Uh-huh. So it's hard to put husbands and wives together sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. or if you're volunteering, your spouse is probably not with you because they're doing something else. And, and so, yeah, it's nice to like, kind of paint the family tree, but I am married to Jonathan Albanese. Um, and we have three boys, Ezra 14, Milo 10, Jasper three. He is the child of our old age. <laughs> um, and we are, Jonathan and I met at Lincoln high school. We didn't date when we were, in high school, thank goodness, we needed to figure some things out, but we had Spanish class and guitar class together in ninth grade at Lincoln and um, stayed friends and um, kind of a little Tallahassee romance developed later, you know, but we're, yeah. we're Tallahassee folk. Somehow we're still here. Um, and my family's here, his family's here for the most part. I come from a family, I'm one of four. And everybody is in town right now, which is pretty, we've had family, like I've had siblings that lived in Texas, Tampa. Um, so the fact that we're all back in Tallahassee right now, is kind of interesting. His brother's in Orlando. He's got a grandmother here in town still, you know, so. Yeah. What kind of Tallahassee pure. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. You Aww. guys are just awesome. 
I'm so glad that we are connected and finally getting to sit down together and learn from you, learn a little bit more about you. Thanks for having us. Can we tell whoever's listening that we are in a room in your house with your Emmy, which is never going to happen again (laughs) in my life. I doubt I'm ever going to be in the same room as an Emmy. Um, But our husbands and our kids are separated from us by a door. There is one door. There's a, it's a, there's a little, there's some pressure. (laughs) I, I have a feeling someone's going to fall, get hurt. I did tell the kids, nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. Nobody will be screaming. Yeah. Yeah. God let it rain today, which wasn't in the plan. No. It, was, it wasn't supposed to rain today. We were so supposed we to be kicked outside. <laughs> let all the kids fly outside while we did this, but it's okay. I kind of like some of the little noise in the background because it just makes it feel like real life. Diffuses. You know, it's not fancy. Yeah. Like you made, you made my office sound super fancy with the, <laughs> the Emmy statement, but cool it's not. Here. There's like Pokemon cards over there and. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it's all cool. kinds of trash everywhere. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> We're not fancy. All right. So let's kind of go back and start from the beginning. Amy, um, what is your story? Um, You've already said that you're from Tallahassee. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, my family moved here when I was in elementary school. Prior to that, we lived in Jacksonville and we attended a huge, I mean, to me, it seemed huge. It, the The church covered more than one block you know it was like a big sanctuary with a big education building and a big fellowship hall and then across the street was the youth building you know it was just a big church and we were always there whatever was going on my parents were in choir I was in choir we had Wednesday night dinners we had you know it was basically church two times a week Mm -hmm. you know or three Uh, I don't know about you but for us it was Sunday night or Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Yeah. We didn't... I feel like there was probably a season where there was Sunday night stuff going on. Um, and then there was always the extra community, you know, the extra activities, whatever was going on mm-hmm. for Easter or Christmas or... My mom would... Um, I remember one year she was over... She was in charge of the children's Christmas performance. Oh, you know, That's a yeah. big job. Right. Yeah. And I botched my lines. I remember. <laughs> I felt so bad. Um, but... Yeah, so my parent that that kind of involved, mm-hmm. you know. What's um, nomination? Presbyterian, Presbyterian, PCUSA. Okay. To get very specific. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny because I went to a lot of different denominations growing up. Um, I, I joke that I'm like a Baptist, Methodical, little Baptist, <laughs> yeah. little Methodist, little Pentecostal, like <laughs> interdenominational, right? Mix, big mix, right? But we never went to a Presbyterian. Really? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I remember Jonathan visiting. You know, we will sometimes occasionally go back to my, my mom's church, the church here in Tallahassee that my mom goes to and that I, that we went to, when we moved to Tallahassee, we went to this church, we went from big Presbyterian church to a small Presbyterian church and my mom still goes there. Um, Mm. and so we'll go back and visit. I remember one time Jonathan, who was raised Southern Baptist, he leans over and he said, how close to Catholic is Presbyterian? (laughs) Right. And I was like, stop, we're Protestant like you. Feels like a first cousin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like but it's lazy Catholics. Yeah, lazy yeah, ca- yeah. We're like lazy Catholics. Like we don't do a lot of kneeling. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. I need to do some homework on what exactly makes Presbyterian its own thing. That'll, I be, feel like that'll be a fun deep dive. Yeah. That'll be a fun deep dive. Episcopal, I feel like, is sort of related to Presbyterian, but I don't really know how or why. Yeah. There's a big Scottish heritage with Presbyterians. Okay. Like, there is literally Bagpipe Sunday. Oh. Yeah. And wow. people are encouraged to wear their tartan. 
Okay. Like, so it's almost like a, like a cultural mm-hmm. denomination for some people too. Like we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. the McLeods. We've always been Presbyterian, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And people would have their tartan and they, I mean, to go to church and to see men in kilts, that's, that's, that's different. Definitely different. <laughs> yeah. Especially like here in the Bible Belt in the right? South. Yeah. To see a man's what are y'all legs doing? on Sunday morning is weird. Very yeah. weird. Yeah. But not if that's your family culture. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of when people introduce themselves as, as like, I'm Irish Catholic. Mm. That it yeah. sounds like that's kind of similar yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, have fun. Have fun. The PCA, PCUSA, there's differences there. You know, yeah. we've, there's some, um, what's his name? The man who, Eugene Peterson, I believe mm-hmm. is PCUSA. Yeah. Big author. Right? Was, so pardon, RIP, mm. um, yeah. was, yeah, PCUSA. So anyhow, yeah. Have fun. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text you my questions. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have, you're the second of four kids. So mm-hmm. what was it like growing up with your siblings? What was your, what were your early memories like growing up as a child? Um, I mean, I, we had just a busy house just because of the sheer numbers. I always remember my mom being very stressed um, and, you know, I felt like the house was always a mess and we were always cleaning it. Um, and, and I didn't realize this until later that apparently like money was really tight for my family. You know, you don't, you really kind of don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. um, until you get older. But like, you know, we were like powdered milk kids. I don't think I had orange juice unless I was at my grandparents' house, you know. Did you drink Tang? Remember Tang? No. So Kool-Aid. Nasty. Kool-Aid, definitely. Kool-Aid. Um, and we did did drink that. Um, and, but I, but there, were, but we still were always very much a unit, mm-hmm. very much a unit. Um, my sister, you know, we're 21 months apart. Mm. So, I wouldn't necessarily say we were always the closest of friends, um, but we were just by the fact that we were in the same house together. I always had a playmate, you know, Um, and we would um, run the streets of Arlington and Jacksonville, you know, Uh, literally get kicked out until the streetlights came on (laughs) kind of thing, you know, and ride our bikes all all day and go to our friends houses. And yeah. That was yep. a nice world back then. Right? It was different. Yeah. It was, I mean. Yeah, we yeah. used to ride on our bikes all over the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. No we helmets. Had, oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I remember just parents didn't really worry much. Yeah. It was different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad that we don't have that anymore. Yeah. Very good. So what was your relationship with your mom and dad like? You said your mom felt kind of stressed like you... You saw her as being stressed. Yeah, all the time. Okay. Um, very stressed. Um, my dad, they, I mean, they were very much, these are the rules of the house, like get in line kind of thing. I've spent a good amount of my growing up grounded <laughs> because I was, I'm the, I'm the line pusher out mm-hmm. of all the kids. I am literally an extrovert in an introverted family out of the six of us. Mm. I, was always my, my mom would say like sometimes like I don't know where you came from you know <laughs> because both my parents were pretty introverted quiet same for my siblings for the most part you know um 
but yeah, just they had like a very clear line of like how our family operates as far as right and wrong, you know, um, and, and, you know, and, and as far as our church life, you know, we would go to church and we would be the family that was like screaming and yelling on <laughs> Sunday morning, like trying to get out of the house on time, you know, running around. Wait, that's not, I mean, we do that. Every now day. you do that now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember like, I remember how, like I could recognize that as a kid cause we'd be, you know, getting chewed out or whatever we did that slowed us down, you know, as you're pulling up to church. And as soon as that door opens, good morning, good morning, you know, and Oh, but nobody ever does that. I yeah. Know. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and then when, when we got home, there wasn't a whole lot of talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there really wasn't, even though we were at church, it seemed like all the time, gotcha. never missed a Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. and, but there, it just wasn't, it, it, church was the thing that you did at church and then at home was at home. Gotcha. It was just different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I would say after we got to Tallahassee, our family, kind of had like a revival um a little bit like my parents became involved in this the in a presbyterian church here and then i when i got into high school joined fca and then went home and told my parents that i was baptist because they never talked about salvation mm. and my mom grew up baptist so she was like amen <laughs> these presbyterians need to talk about it a little bit more um yeah. And then, but then at the same time, so as, as, as I was, you know, kind of having this weekday spiritual life, mm-hmm. my family started developing a weekday spiritual life cool. about the same time. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That was fun. Like we kind of, looking back, we all were kind of growing up at the same time, I think a little bit. That's really neat. So yeah. it was kind of like you in- influenced your entire family? I feel like definitely my younger two siblings, mm-hmm. for sure. I would think. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. How do you feel like, what do you feel like changed the most um, in a practical, tangible sense when you started going to FCA and you started understanding the salvation thing? Can you give me an example of, you know, how did you start incorporating God into your home life? Um, was it like an attitude change? I, or? Yeah, I think like less um, rebelliousness before that. So in middle school, I would say that's probably when I had my biggest rebellion. I uh, drank on the weekends. I smoked on the weekends or during the week. Really, honestly, if somebody had one, you know, just mm-hmm. socially smoked cigarettes. Um, and... And, and got away with a lot. I may always made good grades, didn't get in trouble at school. So I just kind of flew under the radar mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think some people, some kids do fly mm-hmm. under the radar. Um, and, and like foul mouth, you know, it was just disgusting, right. you know? Um, and so I am, I really feel like when I got saved in the ninth grade, those things really cleaned up. Okay. Um, did your parents notice a difference in you or did they ever even find out about that? There's kind of a stuff? lot they didn't find out about, yeah. you know, as a parent, I like to think I know everything that's going on, but if my parents were any indication, if I've got one clever kid, they will, 
they will get away with stuff. But um, I think as far as my at-home rebellion and argumentative behavior, I think that changed Mm -hmm. for sure. Did you ever feel convicted about some of those things at church? Like, let's say, for example, you would be drinking or smoking or something or like cussing, you know, on a Mm -hmm. Saturday night and then you go to church on Sunday. Did you ever feel that growing up like guilt or anything I don't think or? I did yeah yeah no I yeah. was like happy to be getting away with it and happy living like a, a double life yeah <laughs> I yeah but it's interesting to me that you know a part of you still wanted to please your parents because mm. it was hidden rebellion it was mm. like you know yeah you wanted to show them that you were gonna follow the rules and you made the good grades mm-hmm. but then it's like you you hid the rebellion and hid the behaviors. I don't know if reason. I would have, would have ever thought about it being wanting to please my parents as not wanting to get in trouble okay. and get grounded. That was usually, that was my parents' like signature move to just ground me for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so if I get grounded, I can't go spend the night at my friend's house who somehow is able to get alcohol. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know the logistics of how yeah. these, this happened. It just magically appeared. It just did. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so you're, you were a happy little rebel. Yep. Do you remember a, a salvation moment, or was it just more kind of like things clicking in ninth grade when you were listening to FCA folks? I, I mean, salvation moment was FCA winter camp, which okay. is usually like February, some weekend in February. I don't even remember. It's nearby. What city is that? I don't remember what city it is, but all the all the local Christians who grew up know no, this center. I don't remember. I think it's maybe it's in Mariana. I can't remember. Um, but FCA camp, I mean, that that's when it happened. Okay. I would say after that, sanctification for me has come in gradual doses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. What do you remember what it was like at the camp? Uh, you know, was there was there a particular sermon or like an altar call or worship song or anything that opened your eyes? Yeah, it w- a particular, I, you know, they probably did a traditional, um, you know, Friday night talk, Saturday morning talk, Saturday night talk was the big end with an altar call, you know, kind of the, so there's the buildup of the weekend. And I, growing up Presbyterian, I don't, I did, I've never seen an altar call in my life. Wow. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Um, and, and so for me, that was, that was, it was, it was, a yeah, it was like that pinnacle moment with the altar call, but I didn't leave my seat. Hmm. Yeah. And because I think I had some pride, I was, I was like, once I joined FCA, I was very involved. And so I felt like I had this, I can't show to other people that I'm just now getting saved kind of thing. Mm. It was almost embarrassment. Mm. Um, I later redeemed that situation and Mm. went forward in another altar call. Cool. Yeah. Just to kind of follow through. But I sat at my seat and at that Saturday night message. Wow. Yeah. With the altar call. That's really powerful because you grew up in church, Mm -hmm. but you never heard the gospel presented in that way mm-hmm. in terms of you need to make a decision tonight. Right. In that camp, it was like the buildup of sermons and seems like it was crystal clear to you. Like mm-hmm. you have to make a choice about your life. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I appreciate you saying that 
on the outside, you were embarrassed to go up because you had created almost like a, a personality and a facade and a front that you were a Christian, Mm -hmm. but you knew in your heart that you had business to do with God. I was a wolf until in sheep's clothing until that weekend. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't even realize you were like, would you like influence people? I mean, what that was the, that was the like wonderful protection of, of high school and FCA. So my friends that we did all the bad things with, when we left middle school, the real bad one who somehow got the alcohol, I don't know. And the cigarettes, I don't know. She went to Leon and a couple of other friends from our group went to Leon. Me and another friend, my close friend, Becca, we went to Lincoln and we both just kind of cleaned up Hmm. that, you know, so we kind of made this decision of we're, we're going to do things differently. And then I, I got involved in SCA. I think she was getting more involved in her church or really like taking, ch- taking church more seriously. And so we both were having this spiritual growth ninth grade. And so that with FCA, I'd already kind of gotten rid of some of the junk a little bit. And then coming to that weekend and seeing there's a bigger issue mm. that has to be handled you're just good now. You're not saved. Mm. So, and again, this is all new stuff for me, Right. you know, just yeah. because of the denomination I grew up in, not saying that there are not sold out people sure. for Jesus in that denomination. It was a different culture. Yeah. It's a real, I really like how you're talking about just having good behavior Yeah, does not mean that your soul is saved by Jesus Christ. I think it can save you from a lot of regret. Sure. And a lot of shame. But you will. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Good you for just you. got. Yeah. 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 Just, On the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that so much. Mm. So much. So I was reading your outline and you said something about the boys having a problem with boys. Right. You kind of went from boyfriend to boyfriend. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I think. Um, so at that big church in Jacksonville. It was, there were lots of places to hide and I was molested at that church when I was like seven or eight in the education wing. Um, there would be lots of classrooms on Wednesday night that were empty, you know? And so, um, I was molested by a family friend at that church and I think it kind of, and then I also had, um, other family friends that would be, uh, say inappropriate things to me, um, uh, you know, do inappropriate things with me. And so I think it kind of opened up sexuality to me earlier than I would want for any kid, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it like, kind of peaked an in interest mm-hmm. kind of early. And so boy crazy after that, you know, point really actually probably even a little before that point too, you know, always, you know, I was the kindergartner that would talk about my boyfriend at school, whatever that meant as a kindergartner, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just had a, I think a natural bent toward that direction and, and then also having exposure younger. Unwanted, yeah. unwanted forced exposure. I'm right. so sorry that that happened. Yeah. Did you ever talk to your parents about that or you know how did you deal with that with your parents and how did you deal with that spiritually um I 
spoke with my mom about it years later, years later, because it's weird. I, I carried shame, even though nobody had never learned that, that if somebody does something to you, it's your fault or you brought it on yourself or I, I don't, I don't know why it was, I mean, it's just a lie of the devil. Mm -hmm. And I, so I carried the shame and the embarrassment, I think, Mm that as a seven-year-old I didn't stop things or I didn't prevent things or um or the the um confusion of should I be all right with this you know mm-hmm. is this appropriate just all, all that confusion and I just carried it just bottled it up mm-hmm. never said anything to my parents about it it was probably six years later before I was probably a teenager when I said something to my mom about it. Um, and I I will say it was, it was difficult for my mom to receive it. I do feel that I, I could have benefited from some more handholding through reconciling that whole situation. Um, it just like breaks my heart to think about seven-year-old Amy Mm-hmm. being silent about that, you know, and to think about another girl being silent about that and not having someone help her and validate, no, these negative feelings you're feeling, it's because this was wrong. wrong. And not your fault. Yeah. And helping a child file it. You and I were talking about that mm-hmm. earlier, about how kids, they have to figure out what file folder it goes in. Mm-hmm. And they try to file things in purity. They try to, f- they try to file it in goodness. If most of what they've experienced is goodness and then you get, you experience something and you don't know what to do with, you don't know what to do with it. You need somebody to help you figure out what to do with it. But if you're silent, you're not getting help or you keep, you know, you like in my case, you have a boyfriend then you have another boyfriend and you I have, you know, you keep trying to figure out mm-hmm. how this physical, realm of being a human files how it fits Mm -hmm. and everything yeah or even like what your body is Mm -hmm. and what your soul is and how they're connected you know I was just listening to a really good podcast this week about how you know how damaging it is for for kids and teens to think like oh it's just my body Mm. you know yeah like I am a soul and I have a body and they're not connected. So I can do whatever I want to with my body or to my body. And it doesn't really affect me because who I am is my mind and my soul, but not, you know, and there's even like, you know, promiscuous Mm -hmm. songs about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, who is it? Lady Gaga, like something about it's just my body. I don't even know. I don't even know, but it's just trash, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm so sorry that, that happened and it sounds like you've really healed from it oh yeah and you've really been able to make sense Mm -hmm. uh, about it and name it and file it like you were saying this was a trauma Mm -hmm. this was something done wrong to me and I'm just I'm so glad that you were able to be healed from that Mm -hmm. and so I feel like this is really important to talk about with parents and you know we have to be we have to be communicating with our kids yeah like there are no secrets, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just being open and yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so do you want to say anything more about that experience or like healing from that experience? Did you, did you connect, um, your salvation with that at all? That like he who is in Christ is a new creation, the oldest past, all things have become new or like that the blood of Jesus wipes away our, our guilt and shame. Like, did you, did you feel like when you were in ninth grade that any of your salvation was like connected to those, the, the painful trauma that you experienced? And did you find like healing in Christ about that? I feel like that was probably some of the stuff that came in doses more so than that as far as my healing, but me forgiving him mm. and understanding the measure of forgiveness that's been poured out for me and that the Bible's real clear about we also have to practice that to be able to receive it, you know? And, um, and so I think that's probably... I would say that's something that came about through sanctification and growing in righteousness was, um, yeah, that, that part of it, forgiving the perpetrator. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. That's next level stuff. (laughs) I mean, it's healing. Yeah. It's victory. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what was next? Uh, high school sounds like you kind of met Jesus and started doing the church thing a little more deeper and more like maybe more authentic in your home life and yeah. Um, still, yeah, still (laughs) definitely one step at a time. Lukewarm. Yeah. Um, uh, like I feel like my appetite was stoked a little bit with FCA going to other friends, churches, um, doing, uh, going, doing a Bible study. We had a youth director at our church that came in and would do special Wednesday night Bible studies, you know, and it went kind of beyond what we typically would learn at church. It got, was deeper. It was more, Hey, you need to do this at home you know, Thursday through Tuesday so that on Wednesday we can go over it, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Read your Bible at home? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to dust it off. I got to find it and then dust it off, you know. Mind explosion. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. So I feel like habits were developing or an understanding of the importance. I, in high school was when I learned about quiet times, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that became a goal. I was not very successful with that, I wouldn't say, but uh, I was able to, I developed a group of friends in high school and we were all professing Christians. Mm-hmm. People knew it. Um, we would have, we went to Lincoln, we went, we'd go to Tom Brown Park and take our lunches and have Bible study. You know, mm-hmm. everybody just kind of knew um, that so it wasn't cool to be a Christian at your high school. I mean, it was just a niche we kind of made it cool, yeah. you know, or just kind of. You were cool to each other. Yeah. 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 We thought each other. Yeah. 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 Um, come, come it, with my cool Christian friends. Yeah. But, but Brown. really, I mean, my friends, they were cool people too, yeah. you know. And what a blessing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. Um, so we, it was, I mean great I again I think it kind of mostly protected us from regrets and shame Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't say oh yeah I was so close with the Lord my junior year I wouldn't say that you know um you were doing something 
to work toward that or you yeah. were, you were trying. I mean, I like, think like with my kids right now in our home, we talk with them about, they have, we don't call it quiet time. We call it freaking motivated time. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Jonathan. That's why I love you guys. I know. So Jonathan used to work with this guy, you know, Jonathan <laughs> does construction flips houses. And there was this guy that was working with them who was a personal trainer. So by the, he would train people in the morning before work. Wow. So by the time he got to work at eight, eight thirty, he had already trained a couple people and he was just like pumped up. And so he'd come into the house and go, whoa freaking motivated baby you know wait Jonathan was saying this no 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 oh no the other guy no the other guy (laughs) and so and so that kind of became a thing that we would say in our house you know like whoa freaking motivated motivated. and so when I you know when we were kind of we kind of coach our kids in like spiritual disciplines and so we're we had this focus of coaching them in their personal time with the Lord and quiet time was not sitting well with mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. like what, are we just supposed to be quiet yeah. well especially with boys too I feel like yeah why you know why why do we need to be quiet if yeah. you know my middle son it's <laughs> like not his personality at all and so as we're kind of laying out the you know possibilities of what your time with the Lord can look like it can look yeah it could be quiet and you could be listening or it could be prayers it could be singing you know it could be worship it could be walking around outside and really focusing in like what's Richard Foster right wrote celebration of discipline oh I don't know it's a good one um and he talks about meditation not like eastern meditation but he talks about meditation of or like looking at a leaf Mm -hmm. and and just staring at it really looking at it yeah the veins yes looking at the creation the intricacies the attention to detail that the lord took Mm -hmm. with a leaf that is going to fall off a tree Mm -hmm. and get picked up by the mower you know um it is amazing right yeah just gazing at a flower gazing at the grass looking at little ants ecosystem and everything yeah man nature is so spiritual yes yeah i mean yeah it's it is it is, it is something you can respond to in worship. Mm-hmm. It's something, you know. The rocks will cry out. Yeah. I mean, there's so many scriptures about um, the heavens declare the glory. Mm-hmm. All creation is groaning and um, all creation's shouting your praise. Yeah. Well, and I was just reading, I'm reading through Matthew again right now and just reading about the lilies of the field and how the Lord has taken such care with them and what that means as far as like how much more he cares for us. But stop at the lily look at what he did, yeah. <laughs> you know, with just a lily, you know? Um, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So anyhow, in teaching our kids, these spiritual disciplines are coming, t- trying to kind of coach them in this idea of, of a personal time with the Lord. Um, nobody liked the idea of a quiet time. And so they came up with freaking motivated time. We call it <laughs> FMT. Like it's not. Yeah. And, and so. That is fantastic. Right. I might so, need to borrow that with that's Stanley. That's fine. Yeah. Listen, Milo does freaking motivated time. Yeah. Would you like to do <laughs> I mean, some people don't use the word freaking, you know, so that's not, yeah. that's not kosher. I one time was babysitting a girl and I told one of my kids, hey, stop freaking out. And the little girl turned to her sister and she was like, Miss Amy said the F word. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've not said that in years, and it's because that family freaking is the f word. So, I mean, it's funny. if it's, it's if it's a verb, I feel like it's not or an adverb. If it's an adverb, freaking out, I feel like that's not a curse word. But if it's, man, I'm freaking hungry. Yeah. Then it's like if it's an adjective. I guess it's I, the like we don't. I don't like the word. 
I don't like gosh. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, see, that's funny because we say gosh. I do too. Yeah. But then when you have little kids and yeah. they're saying it across the house, it sounds like they're taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. And this is pers- just our personal family rules. We tell right. our kids different families, different rules. Yeah. And so I don't like, or like the word but. <laughs> I've never had a problem with it until my child says that in front of a group of other, you know. So Out of the mouths of babes. Yes, exactly. It's so some people, diff- yeah, different strokes, different folks, right? right? So, um, but anyhow. I'll make sure I I'll, don't say but in front of you. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's I'll what say, we tell our kids. This is maturity. You have to know when to use these words. Yes, that's good. This is, we need you to grow in maturity and not say this word around this family because I don't like it, okay? Right. Um, but anyhow, Very all good. this to say. Mm-hmm. In teaching our kids these disciplines, we, we're just, we feel like we're just pointing their toes, mm-hmm. really. Because it's like if we get their toes pointed at something, you know, having devoted time to the Lord, um, personal Bible study. We've really been working on prayer with our kids this year. Mm-hmm. Adoration was really hard for my kids to grasp, like praying to God and, and, and not just thank you, thank you, thank you. I want this, this, and this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and then confession. Mm. And so we really will give our kids like prayer targets of, hey, I want you. And I've got all these, well, I mean, this little bookmark, it's got prompts, like all these things that we can say to the Lord for why he deserves our adoration. All mm. these areas that I might need to confess something to you, you know? And so our kid, I'll, I'll tell them like, hey, during your freaking motivated time today, I want you, I want you to focus on this area, you know, and just kind of yeah, cycle yeah. through it, you know? Will you please send me all of that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a word document. I'll send it to you. Yes. Um, but, and I feel like it's just kind of pointing our kids toes and because it's really hard to maintain your gaze at something if your to- toes are pointed in another direction. So mm-hmm. I just, John and I just feel like we're just pointing their toes because then your body's going to have to, your body's going to want to straighten up, you know, mm-hmm. and also face that direction. And so I feel like in high school, my toes were pointed, but I still was kind of rotated. Mm-hmm. The rest of my body was kind of rotated. My gaze was definitely still elsewhere but habits were being formed um disciplines were being created slowly you Mm -hmm. know yeah I love that you're and I feel like we do this most people do this where we try whatever was missing in our spiritual life as a child we try to really emphasize that for our kids yeah 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 so you're really focusing on the home stuff like Mm. really teaching Mm -hmm. your kids about prayer and adoration and confess confession you know yeah at home like make it normal yeah you know it's super normal to just talk about god and talk Mm -hmm. about prayer i love that yeah Yeah, my kids will preach to me throughout the week you know about something well you just need to pray to god for more patience (laughs) step back yeah child (laughs) i brought you into this world all right i can take you out Who are you to talk to me about right. patience? I grew you inside my right. Body. You're right, but you know <laughs> you're right, but not right now. I'm yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want you to be right. Right, darn it. Mm-hmm. That's really good stuff. Mm. So, um, what was the next step like after? What were the college years like after? Um, you know, what, what you had this group of Christian friends. Mm-hmm. You did the Tom Brown Bible Study Park type of thing, and you really started to take your faith more seriously. You were kind of influencing your family of origin and mm-hmm. bringing more of your faith, not just at church, but more into your home yeah. during the week. What was it? What, what was next for you when you grew up a little bit more and you started going to college? And what was that next phase of life like? Well, I feel like right before college, my, before my senior year of high school, my dad died suddenly. And um, 
I mean, it was really kind of sweet that in the years before we had grown closer as a family where my, you know, we, we, we were just more loving. We were um, kind of experiencing the Lord more individually. And so thus together, like, um, and so I'd also, and because I had kind of abandoned most of my rebellion, I was closer with my my parents and I felt like they were becoming friends. And so I'd gotten closer with my dad before he passed away. So that was a blessing. But then that kind of made decisions for me as far as college. I was planning on going to university of Florida or UCF just to be further away. Mm. Um, and instead I was, I felt compelled to stay in Tallahassee, not just stay in Tallahassee, but stay in the family home Mm. and go to school. That's a protection. The Mm. Lord basically, you know, built that protection for mm-hmm. me. Cause I don't know what I, I, I don't know what I would have done if I was outside of my mom's home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, entered, entered, went to floor state, um, and got really involved in a strong Bible study where the Bible study teacher taught through books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I had never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is the most interesting thing. You don't, you don't, read a couple verses and then read a little devotion and the prayer at the bottom, like in the Our Daily Bread little mm-hmm. brochures, you know, mm-hmm. you actually read it all together, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it, it was just kind of novel mm-hmm. to me, but just amazing uh, discipleship happened mm-hmm. in that group. Um, I, I kind of adopted that teacher, Dr. Potts, as my dad I was friends with his daughter we graduated from high school well we went to high school at the same time she wound up um not graduating with us for different reasons but um but we're friends like she was in my wedding I was in her wedding you know um and so but Dr. Potts kind of became like a father figure Mm -hmm. you kind of look for what you don't have you know Mm -hmm. and so I was looking to him looking to him and his wife for how they lived their marriage out and their faith out um and then uh, then Dr. Potts was killed in a car accident and oh, two of his children. Yeah. Um, golly. when I was, I don't remember what year that was, but the foundation had been laid. He was faithful. He taught to all these college students during that time. Like when I turned 21, I definitely had that. Um, I can be a Christian and get drunk, you know, kind of thing. So really what it was, I'd like to go out dancing is mm-hmm. what it was. You just dance a lot better drunk. <laughs> is what I thought. Um, and or do you think you're a better dancer you because know, you're drunk? It's one or the other. Um, <laughs> what came first, the chicken or right, the, yeah. the alcohol or the dance? You know, <laughs> nobody knows because everyone's drunk. Um, and so, um, I, I mean, I had a friend in particular. She, When she had a birthday, she would be designated driver for me because I was so much fun drunk at a club. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I know. Not something you want to tell your kids about my kids are never going to listen to this. Um, so, so I had, but I, and so I somehow could reconcile that and Mm. I would, the, the, the really fun club to go dance at that was on Saturday night was the best dance night. So I get drunk and I'd go to church hungover the Mm. next day, you know, and I was an intern at a church in the youth group, you wow. know, somehow just live. I was just living this double life still. I had these yeah. pockets of things that I hadn't brought before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if he was trying to convict me, I just was missing it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and so somehow made it all through college and and before uh college was over met jonathan again we knew each other from high school um i went to i was going to this worship night at thomas road baptist it was this college worship night and he was the worship leader and i was like oh that's cool the last thing i remember about him from high school is him dating a jewish girl like look at him <laughs> look at this look at the spiritual growth right good on him <laughs> um and so uh and we had always had so much fun in school he was albanese i was blocker so if it, we were in a class where they seated us alphabetically i was right near him a you know B. right <coughs> so Cute. we reconnected and but i had recently come off of um i had been dating somebody because i still just like dated everybody um i had had like an abusive boyfriend earlier in college and then i had my rebound boyfriend was this just this little gentle thing <laughs> um that was just a safe place to land, you know, kind of thing. Um, but he was getting ready to go to medical school. We went and looked at schools together. And wow. then I was like, you're not the right person. And mm. we broke up. Um, yeah. And so, and then I kind of did this, the swearing off guys thing, you know? And then, so Jonathan and I, we reconnect as friends and then we're hanging out and then it becomes, you know, more than friends, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and we get married in when we were 24. Um, and I wouldn't say that we prayerfully sought the Lord. It was just kind of a, you like your resume looks good. You go to church. Um, you believe in Jesus. Um, you you're a guitar. worship leader. Yeah. yeah. You play guitar. <laughs> you know, that's Sing super. You're right. Yeah, no. Serenade me. It's <laughs> right. the only reason why men sing and play guitar is so they can serenade women, right? Is it right? really? It I don't be. know. <laughs> well, no, actually, Jonathan appreciates I never was really... I never swooned over musicians, really. Um, and so I think he kind of appreciated that. Other girls. You Other know. girls were swooning. Yeah. And but I, you didn't. Yeah. I was like, meh. You were like level-headed. Cool. I don't need a man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of things in common, Amy. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really appreciate it in your... Um, in your notes, you said, even though I met Jesus, the one thing I didn't have straightened out was the boys. You always had a boyfriend. Mm. You kind of went, you know, jump from guy to guy. So you finally got to a place where you swore off guys, but then, bing, yeah. God gives you the gift of Jonathan Albanese. Right. Isn't that funny how that uh, happens? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, at this point, though, in my life, I don't think the Lord was seeking to throw my spouse at my feet necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he would have delighted if I had taken years of just me and him, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, Jonathan, I still, you know, fell in love. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was, he's the, the last boy that I've wanted to boy guy, man, you know, mm -hmm. that I've wanted to be, be with, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I hate, I mean, especially cause we're both from Tallahassee to walk around Tallahassee and him be like, didn't you date that guy? I'm like, yeah. Or he, <laughs> this was last week he cut his finger at work and had to go to the, um, ER to get stitches. There was a worker's comp. He had to go to the ER to get stitches and he got stitched up by a guy I went to a dance with in high school. I, I mean, bet, we were friends. I bet that felt real good for him. 
It's the second time he's seen him at the emergency room. Oh, like one time. Go Jonathan, to a different ER. I know. <laughs> one time Jonathan had a really bad stomach bug, got dehydrated, like literally oh. lost consciousness and oh. wakes up and sees this guy that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poor Jonathan. I know. It's just, but the, and that's the, yeah, that's, it's, it's my, you know, past, but it's also, it's, it's a, it's a highlight of. I was so broken and lost and just squandering myself, you know? And so what do we talk to our kids about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't squander yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you, you don't do that. Or don't waste your singleness. Maybe something like you said something about you, you feel like God could have used more years of you being single. Yeah. Like, just, I think I would have had a on better jump start on adulthood, on marriage, yeah. on parenting, if I had gotten a better foundation under Amy. Yeah. You know, but learning your identity in Christ yeah. as, as a child of God yeah. first and mm-hmm. not someone's yes. girlfriend or filling that void. Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, cause I really, Jonathan and I getting married, it was kind of risky a little bit because um, yeah, I had like sworn off guys and then, you know, we date and then we're engaged and then we're married. Like the time, it wasn't that long in the grand scheme of things, you know, but God is so sovereign. I mean, oh my goodness. Right. I mean, that's the part of my testimony I want to talk about is like, look at my marriage. It is successful. Yeah. And I have no idea why, <laughs> you know, because we did not, we didn't really prayerfully seek the Lord. We weren't, when we jumped into not, we didn't jump into marriage, but when we, you know, got married, we're not reading the Bible together or not checking in with each other. Like, Hey, how's your time with the Lord? You know, how was your time with the Lord? Hey, what's going on? You know, that kind of, we're not, we weren't doing the like, temperature readings and the things that we do now. Um, and, but Jonathan's always has been a strong leader in our household, which I did not want a leader. <laughs> like I struggled with submission verses. You and I have talked about this before, you mm-hmm. know, so I did not want to change my last name, mm. you know, um, that is one thing is that I'm, I've been very independent mm. and, um, but Jonathan did kind of give me a heads up when we got married, like, Hey, just so you know, we will tithe 10% mm. no matter what, wow, like yeah. we will figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's an example of like, Hey, as for me and my house, <laughs> Yeah. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. We are going to be involved in a church. We are going to do this. We are going to do this. You know, like he, even little things like he'll tell me he didn't like it when I, when I call it Bible stories. He doesn't like me calling it stories. He's like, I don't want you to read Skippy John Jones to our kids, read, read a mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. and then go read a Bible story. Right. Right. And so we call we, so then I had to switch it to, we call them Bible truths. Mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't that. roll off the tongue as easily, you know, but, yeah. but Jonathan has had like an underlying clear focus for what he wants his household to look like. And Mm so, um, and so I think that carried us. I mean, we had enough of a foundation that it like carried Mm -hmm. has, you know, carried us. And then just through some good old fashioned life we've learned, um, we, uh, got involved in a church that did teach through the Bible Mm -hmm. and that, which I was like, Hey, I've seen this before, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And that's where we went from milk to meat. Like that's when we really got hungry and w- that's where we really realize, even more so, like church supplements what's going on at my house, what's going on in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You, you are 
the bonus. You're the extracurricular for what I'm already doing. Right, right. Church is the extracurricular for what Bible study we should be doing on our own. And I just, I have so, I can relate to your story so much because it's like, why are we surprised that when we, when we start reading God's word, we get to know God? Hmm. Why are we surprised that all you need is to read the word of God Mm -hmm. to get to know God? Mm -hmm. Like how, why, why is it that we can grow up in a church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for 20 years and yet miss the Bible reading study, you know? It's, it's, it's quite a tragedy. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it's a tactic. Of yeah. The devils. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And you know, as you were talking about your college experience where you found this Bible study, you started to grow a little more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just reminds me, I mean, if you seek me, mm-hmm. you will find me. Mm-hmm. If you seek me with all your heart, if we just read the word of God yeah, and why do we overcomplicate things? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like, as Christians, we'll just, we'll get busy and we'll just get sucked into the things of this world. And we just, we won't read our Bible for a while. And, oh, all of a sudden I'm so stressed. Yeah. You know, oh, my marriage is falling apart. Well, have you been in the word of God? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm preaching to myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now God's word, it's exciting to read. There are definitely mm-hmm. seasons. And I've, I share this like with the women's Bible study, like, hey, any prayer requests? Yeah. I'm feeling a little like I've lost my intimacy with the Lord right now, which mm-hmm. is usually because of sin on my part, you know, or distraction. Um, but I, yeah, this book that just keeps having answer after answer after, like it's my story. Like it's all the right. answers to my questions, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And and reading even, I mean, there was this one time that I was really focused on a verse because I am notorious for saying the wrong thing. It could be, I, I get things switched in my mind, like, or like I'm, I'll switch a letter or I'll switch a phrase. I mean, I'm like, like Biff from oh, yeah. like back to the future. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. once you make like a tree make, like, and a get tree out of leaf. here. Or, well, yeah, but I think he says once you make like a tree and get out of and here. Get out of, oh, yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. something like that. I'll, I kind of, <laughs> the line, the, yeah, the dots don't always connect in a straight line. Um, but I was really focusing on a verse because of um, just how I was speaking about somebody in particular. And I felt like the Lord was really convicting me about, um, of course, now because I'm talking into a microphone, I'm going to forget the the Bible reference, but about um, let your speech be gracious and attractive, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I can't remember what let it was. Let your speech be always full of grace season with salt i can't so remember exactly which one it was able to answer every yeah. anyone yes is it james three something no it's not but it's something <laughs> something yeah. like that let your speech lyle always- go back in and edit in <laughs> what is this supposed to be um <laughs> but anyhow so the reference like i had it was just it, in that season it was something i was just really the lord had convicted me on i was meditating on it and then i was doing this priscilla shire bible study and she had all these clocks in the background, and one of the clocks was set to the reference. I feel like it's 429. It might be hmm. Ephesians 429. I don't know if that's right. Um, but the clock was set to mm. the hour of four and the minute of 29. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And just so even when I'm – it's it, God wants to give me the answers and the encouragement. Most of the time they are in the Bible, you know, for me. Yeah. But just like how intimately concerned he is with 
directing my life answering my questions you got it you look it up yeah let no yeah ephesians 429 let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers that's the yeah that's it thank you that's ashley good. all right yeah. so i so i did get the reference right you did yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really good praise the lord mm. for his just sovereignty over your marriage mm. and over your life and and i feel like this is why you know i think ann voskamp in her book uh, 1000 gifts. Mm-hmm. She calls it soul amnesia. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we forget the simple <sighs> things? Why do we forget yeah. to just go to the word of God? Mm-hmm. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. You know, this good news is so simple and we complicate it so much. Yeah. If we would just go back to the basics, mm-hmm. we would find the answers and we would be truly fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what happened next? Uh, you guys got married, you had, uh, started having kids. Yep. What happened there? So, we, yeah, we had Ezra. Um, I did not take to motherhood very well at all. I felt like an imposter, really. I've, I mean, honestly, was like, I can't believe somebody l- lets me be in charge of this kid <laughs> and, like, take care of this kid. It just, I just didn't, I wanted to be a career woman still. Um, I really liked being on the corporate ladder. I liked making money. I liked, you know, just accolades and job well done's and attaboys or girls, you know I like that kind of stuff there's not a whole lot of that happening at home with you, a you mean baby your kids uh. don't tell you you did a great job being a mommy today Jasper mommy. will sometimes say good mommy did you go potty you're a good girl you're a big girl good job mommy thanks Jasper um <laughs> but yeah so we had Ezra um and I started worked started working part-time actually started working part-time for our church um, cause I got to bring Ezra with me. I had this, I didn't think I wanted to have the kids. And I remember going to HR at my, the company I was working for and asking them like maternity leave, is that mandatory? Do I have to be gone <laughs> for six weeks? Like, or can I come back oh, dear. soon? And HR, she was so sweet. She was like, Oh honey, honey. um, I don't know. First of all, if you're going to find somebody who wants to watch your baby mm-hmm. as a one week old you and might not be able to get out of bed yet yeah that too um <laughs> and and um and I think you might want to be with your kid I was like yeah maybe you know probably um, not though yeah <laughs> that doesn't sound like me um and then but as I you know we had Ezra and then as and then getting pregnant with Milo and then having Milo just the Lord has ordered my affections mm. toward kind of loving the season where I'm at and mm. and the Lord kind of deciding deciding how this season's supposed to look for me mm. I the woman who loved working somehow I became a homeschooler and a stay-at-home mom it doesn't add up like even friends of mine will that from high school or whatever they're like you do what <laughs> you know we thought you were gonna be president of something by now, you know? And I'm like, I am Albany's Academy, you know? (laughs) Thank you very much. Right. Uh, President, guidance counselor, lunch lady, (laughs) janitor, you know? Um, Jonathan is the uh, financial department. I run all my purchase requests by him. Um, But... uh, Bookkeeper. You do all the budgeting for the family. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, So... Anyhow, yeah, having the kids, uh, we wound up homeschooling because of different reasons. And while we were praying about homeschooling, I felt like the Lord also gave us direction for selling our house and getting rid of all of our stuff, which looks like what a missionary would do before they would go in the mission field. So I told Jonathan this, like, hey, I really feel like the Lord's leading 
us this way. Like I felt like he's given me this inspiration and Jonathan assured me that he did not get the same inspiration. And so <laughs> it was wrong. Well then. So in your, in your mind, you were going to sell everything. Where were you going to live? I didn't have any of that. Okay. But I had, I had this, like, it felt like very clear direction. And were it, you thinking missions? I had no idea. You just literally you, had no idea. You just wanted to get rid of all your stuff. I didn't even want to get rid of my stuff. I liked my stuff. Okay. And I, I didn't, I didn't like the idea of getting rid of it. And then a year later wanting to have it again and then have to pay for it again. I'm very cheap. You and I've talked about this. Yep. Yep. Um, I, you're in good company. Hey girl. Um, <laughs> let's go to Goodwill. Right. Let's <laughs> even Goodwill's too expensive now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I just had to tuck it away. Jonathan was like, that's not true. Well, then three. <laughs> that's not a truth of no, God. No, no, no. The Lord did not say that to you. You're going to have to, you have to go back. Pack that up. Yeah. Put it away. So then three years later, uh, Sean Dowdy takes Jonathan on a mission trip to Peru. And Jonathan meets a bunch of people who are products of this Bible college in Peru. And Jonathan comes back and kind of sits on it for a few weeks. Because I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of change, especially if it involves like financial chunks of money. Mm-hmm. And he, after a couple of weeks after he'd been back, he came to me with this idea of, hey, you know, I wanted to continue my biblical education. What about if I did it in Peru? And I was like, this is the reason we're mm-hmm. selling our house. This is why the Lord told me this mm-hmm. three years ago. This is why we're homeschooling our kids and selling our house and getting rid of our stuff. And I was like, I'm in, yeah. which scared him to death. He was like, you were supposed to say no. Yeah, this is not how you <laughs> react. <laughs> you know, I don't know you. Um, and so we, I started getting rid of all of our stuff, everything. Um, and we got our house ready to sell. Um, and we went to Bible college in Peru for two semesters. And um, it was amazingly amazing and amazingly difficult. It was unbelievable. Um, but I was so, I felt so close to the Lord. It is Mm. amazing how noisy the United Mm. States is, you know, Mm. and how just Western culture is just taking all of our attention. Mm. And we chose to not pay for internet while we were down there. You Mm. could get, they call them top offs. You can go to a, go to a, get, you know, data for your phone. You can hotspot, you know, like, and you go with your phone, go to the top offs and buy more data, you know, Mm And, um, or you could get some other means of getting, um, internet. We chose not to. And Mm -hmm. so we would have internet occasionally. I would check emails. I would download an internet cafe or something like that. Yeah. There was a Starbucks Mm -hmm. in town. Um, but it would getting to town was like, you got to ride the bus or take a taxi. Um, it's, it's, you know, going to the grocery store was like a four hour round trip. Wow. Yeah. Walk a Real couple miles to the bus life. stop. Yeah. Real I would go on walks every morning. It was, it was in the mountains in the oh, Andes in Peru. So yeah. You would see, uh, in like the, the Bible college was on the side of a mountain. You, in the valley, you could see both side ends of the rainbow. Oh my god! It got, I would yell to the kids like, boys, rainbow. It was unbelievable. Mm. And it got to the point where the boys wouldn't come running anymore. They saw so many rainbows, you know, complete rainbows that they just weren't mm. even moved anymore. But I would go on walks in the morning. And I'd have to go to the other side of the dirt road because there'd be a flock of sheep coming down the road, <laughs> you know, or there'd be a donkey. And I don't know how the donkey's going to be. So I'd go to the other side of the road. You know, it was just totally different. Very different. We went down with That's very amazing. little stuff. If we had gone down with much more, we would have been flaunting our wealth. Mm-hmm. The boys went down with a small box, like a quart size 
maybe a gallon size bag of toys mm-hmm. and we took one quart size bag of Legos mm-hmm. and that's what we brought. And other than that, we played with sticks. Mm-hmm. We played outside. We read the Bible. We listened to music, mm-hmm. you know, we read and books. And what ages were the boys? Seven and four. Okay. Seven and four when we went down and then Ezra turned eight while we were down there. Yeah. So, and I will say that that going, that, that made our family solid. Mm. The Lord worked on me individually, worked on Jonathan individually. Like you couldn't have pried us apart when we got back. We were so, we were a unit. You know, it's always when you get married and like, you don't necessarily think of you and your husband as a family. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my family, my you, husband. Yeah. This, this you, my when husband. you say family, you think mom and dad, brothers and sisters yeah. growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when we really, really felt like a family that's so cool yeah it sounds so lovely it was some of the we had we had like personality conflicts with some people down there some people were very rude to us very mm. rude to us um was it a like a uh, some cultural well, racial thing or? no it was Americans. some just, other americans that were down there were oh, wild would just like tell me everything that my kids were doing wrong um were they part of the bible college yeah yeah that's weird yeah it was so hard Somebody that could have been um, a help to me. Yeah. Somebody that as we're all homeschooling our kids together and everything did. She just did not like me. Come on, Karen. <laughs> but that was, <laughs> yeah. Before that, before that name became <laughs> synonymous with that. Yeah. Um, One of these days that name is going to be Ashley and I'm going to regret just saying that. <laughs> right. I know. It's, it will all take our turns. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I know. I remember when we first met, you started telling me about you guys' adventure in Peru and, Mm -hmm. um, it just sounds so enticing, you know, as a person, it's like, I want to be minimalist. Yeah. And sometimes I want to do that too. Just like, just leave this American Western world behind and, you know, talking to like Lacey and Chris, Yeah, you know, hearing Lacey talk, our missionary, uh, family at, Red Hills, just hearing her talk about that they're not going to do Santa and, mm-hmm. you know, the Americanized Christmas for their children one day because yeah. it's just, you can't when you live in a poor country and mm-hmm. you never know where you're going to wind up. Like you, you couldn't pack a bunch of toys because mm-hmm. you knew that it would be you know, flaunting your wealth. And part of that just sounds so enticing. Yeah. I mean, it, what does the Bible say? It's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom mm-hmm. of God because of all the comforts that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many distractions all around us. Mm-hmm. So what happened when you guys back when you guys got back to the states? So our, our beds and dressers is what we we said lived at Granny's house, Jonathan's grandmother's house, Bobby Jean Jones at her house, and um, we got back after two semesters in Peru. We were going to go to another campus in York, England. Is what, I'm so glad you didn't. So I mean, I'm glad someone's glad. That was the semester I was. <laughs> really excited about well, that was because i'm selfish and that's when we, we met you guys shortly after that though uh right? yeah like probably nine months yeah yeah so we were getting ready to uh f- like throw all of our pennies together to be able to pay for york it was going to be a different financial experience than peru um and so we're saving working hustling you know to be able to pay for this final semester because jonathan was going so fast through the bible college it was only gonna take him three semesters instead of two instead of four and, um, and, but we were home a little while and Jonathan and I both on our own realized that granny was declining. Um, 
pretty rapidly. We had seen, because we were gone for four months for the semester, um, coming back and seeing the how she was and how she is now, we could tell how much she declined. And so we both felt a responsibility to stay Mm -hmm. and live in her house and take care of her. And we were both afraid to talk to each other about it. (laughs) Um, And I think he probably brought it up first. And I was like, I know Mm. we need to stay. And so we stayed with granny and we lived with granny um, for, I I think like another three and a half years. We were kind of like her assisted living help. Mm -hmm. Um, it was beautiful. My that kids, beautiful. They, I mean, they, they have such a, um, understanding of taking care of a widow, you mm-hmm. know? Um, we were supposed to leave in January to go to the campus in York. And then when we canceled our trip, you know, we were in town and, um, December 28th, I, will, I remember of 2020, um, is that right? Yeah. Granny fell and broke her back and broke her tailbone Mm. playing ping pong with Ezra. She was playing ping pong with Ezra and she Mm. fell. Um, and, and uh, we would have been leaving a couple weeks later to go to campus, but we had already decided we were staying. And so Mm. we got to, I took her to all her physical therapy appointments, her neurology appointments, every appointment she had to go to, you know, I took her to those appointments. I, you know, helped her bathe, dress, medicine, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and just really got to love her up close, you know, um, and then Jonathan and I, we had since another thing that we had been pursuing since we knew we were staying as we were starting to pursue adoption. Um, and we were taking classes and there was a little girl that we were developing non-relative caregiver wow. status with her. She was not a family member, you know, and we, um, so we, but we knew the foster mom and the foster mom was like, Oh my, Oh Lord. <laughs> This girl's going to come live with you guys. Like she was like, this is it. You know, you're the family. Mm -hmm. So we go through the classes and we could sort near the end of the semester of the classes. It became obvious that she was going to be placed back with her mom. Mm -hmm. um, But we had been establishing a relationship. It was really hard for our Mm -hmm. boys. It was really hard for me and Jonathan. And so Jonathan had the idea of like, why don't we just get pregnant again? Mm -hmm. And, um, oh no, granny broke her back in 2020. Sorry. Nobody cares about the date, but. My, my mind's not going to let no, that you go. Said that. You she, said she, she, sorry. No, she broke her back in 2018. That's oh. what I, yeah, that's the, sorry. Nobody cares. I care. Um, <laughs> so anyhow, so Jonathan decided he was like, well, we get pregnant again. But at this point we're like post 35, you know, that means all the high risk doctors. And I'm like, Oh, that's what they say. You know. Uh, well, I am the reason I am the statistical, I am part <laughs> of those statistics because um, so, you know, our second child we had at home with a midwife, you know, Jonathan was like, why don't we get pregnant again? It's always been so easy. And I was like, watch your mouth. Okay. <laughs> easy for who, sir? Right. Um, <laughs> and, but we pray about it for about a year and then we get pregnant with Jasper. And, um, a couple months before Jasper's born, well, probably like four four or five months. Yeah. Before Jasper's born is when the pandemic really hits the fan. Um, and then Jasper, I go into the, I go, I'm going to the high risk doctor just because of my age. Well, then I start having high blood pressure mm-hmm. and they admit me to the hospital. They want to keep me for six weeks on bed rest. Mm-hmm. And because of the pandemic, my older two kids can't come up mm-hmm. to the hospital. Um, and they figure out my blood pressure, um, situation. But then I also start developing preeclampsia. Um, and 
that they wanted me to be there for six weeks on bed rest, mm-hmm. but three days after they admitted me, Jasper's heart stops. Um, and just layman's, you know, explanation of preeclampsia, it's like the cord pinching. And so blood flow is not getting to the baby. Mm-hmm. And because of the backup, it's like pinching a water hose, the pressure of the backup from the umbilical cord is, is contributing to high blood pressure, you know? Mm. Um, and so Jasper's heart stops. They rush me into a C-section. He's Mm. born. He is two pounds, 12.7 ounces. Um, Jonathan doesn't even make it Mm. in time. Um, and then Jasper, he's a Nikki baby for, um, 32 days. Mm. Yeah. And he gets discharged, at I don't even think he was at five pounds yet I had to buy a different car seat because most car seats are not um made for babies under like six pounds I think I didn't know that because I've always had a baby over six pounds you know Mm -hmm. so I had to get a different car seat for him to come home it was all like the whole NICU experience was so weird because of the pandemic like Jonathan I couldn't go in at the same time which we we would say like you you guys do understand the that's a little ridiculous like Mm -hmm. we if we just keep switching one of us is outside, mm-hmm. you know, and What's we go get difference? germs and wash our hands and then come in. And then the other one goes and gets germs. Like, why can't we just come in together? Yeah. Like, right, right. but we could never see our son together. Mm. Um, and you know, normally you can have grandparents as visitors. No grandparents were allowed to come in. Nobody of our kids, our boys, the older boys n- never got to meet Jasper, you know, um, you couldn't, um, bring in your own fabric like a, a onesie you can bring it in because oh. it was just there's so much confusion about or just um precaution mm-hmm. you know um all that it was bonkers it was so crazy i mean nick you is bonkers period out of pandemic on top of that right yeah it's crazy man my heart was really going out to you guys and that's right when you started going to our church yeah yeah we, so we got the meal train going. I ordered pizza for y'all. Yeah. Granny answered the phone <laughs> and she was a little confused when she, I was trying to say, Hey, my name's Ashley. I'm from the church and I I'm delivering pizza mm-hmm. for Amy and Jonathan. And she, she was having a hard time yeah. like, understanding yeah. what, and I was like, is Jonathan home? Can I talk to him? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it all, it all came. She was so sweet. Oh She's my gosh. so sweet. She's, She's so sweet. Yeah. But yeah, no, we, um, left our church, our previous church. We had been there for 14 years. We, but Jonathan and I were both on staff at one point at the church and we left there, um, in early in 2020 and it was pretty painful. We tried to do it well. Um, and it still did not go well. Um, and I remember, I think we had been six weeks out of a church. Jonathan would go visit churches and decide kind of like a reconnaissance mission, go visit that. He would listen to a bunch of messages, then go visit the church and then decide it. We didn't want our kids to be going to a different church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to put them through that. So Jonathan would go and visit churches. And so he visited Red Hills and he was like, this one is, I want you guys to come to it. And so I think I was able to go three times before the pandemic hit. And then shortly after the pandemic was when we had Jasper. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, I think when I got hospitalized, the meal train started and I'm looking people up on Instagram and Facebook. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> you know? Um, and cause I don't know who's bringing, I'm like, who's Ashley Hall? Like who is bringing pizza? I don't know. Um, and so all these, it was just the culture of the church, just wrapping their arms around us. And that was one thing that like, we didn't know what we were missing at our last church. It was hard to put our name on, put a name on it. They had, it, it was a, you used to be a, 
you know, straight through the Bible teaching church, they've gotten away from that a little bit. But one of the things I really think we were missing was church family Monday through Saturday. Mm. I don't think they had that figured out at the time that we were there. And so what we're seeing with strangers bringing us food for like two weeks straight was church family Monday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I, the, just the, I didn't know. I thought when we left our last church, we're going to be looking for years. This is going to be like dating. It's going to be a Mm -hmm. nightmare, you know? We're well, going to look call for it church shopping. I mean, you know, yeah, they call it shopping. It's like, it's hard to find the right fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and I remember the first time we came, I was so hurt from how our last, how, how, how our departure from our previous church went that I remember the Sunday that we came and heard the message. I turned to Jonathan at the end and I said, I think this is a church that we could leave. Mm. And nobody would be angry (laughs) and somebody would affirm if you feel like the Lord is telling you that you need to go somewhere, but you don't know where Mm -hmm. that's, we're going to pray with you. We're going to figure out where you're going. We didn't get that the last time. And I I told Jonathan, I said, I think this is a church we could leave. Mm -hmm. And that's weird. That's That's a a hurt person. (laughs) That's a hurt person to say, you know, to say something like that. Just having that feel of, Oh, this isn't a country club. No, this is a family. Yeah. Oh, this isn't, a rock show in a in a in a cool vibe business yeah. like this isn't you know a TED talk this is a family yeah that's reading the Bible and learning the Bible and worshiping God together um and Pastor Marshall will even say you know he says it every year hey we cancel our Sunday gathering the Sunday after Thanksgiving and the Sunday after Christmas like if you want to go to church somewhere there's hundreds of churches yeah. to choose from in Tallahassee go have fun go visit another church yep. make sure it's a good one but like <laughs> we'll see you when you come back yeah you know yeah and I I agree with you like that's that's how it should be mm-hmm. it shouldn't be some kind of obligation um or country club feel where you feel like you know you're it shouldn't feel like a divorce it should feel yeah. like Oh, God's calling you somewhere else. How can I pray for you through yeah. this time? You know, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would try to convince you otherwise if you tried to. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also deep down, you'd be like, "You have I my would. blessing." I would, <laughs> yeah. as long as we were following the Lord. If Jonathan and I were not following the Lord, like, please intervene. You know, <laughs> that's so good, friend. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me. Uh, I mean, I don't even know how long ago this was, but we were just talking in the lobby and you're saying um, you just feel like most of your sanctification process has just been God, like stripping Mm. Amy Mm -hmm. away, just stripping more and more away from your life and it being more and more and more about him and less Mm -hmm. about you. And yeah, that really spoke to me. And um, I look up to you. Mm -hmm. Same. You want to like mentor me? Uh, no, <laughs> let's walk, let's run side by side. Okay. okay. All right. Let's run side by side. Sharpen iron. Yeah. Sh- sharpen iron. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, where do you feel like God is leading you now? What, what are the next steps look like for you and Jonathan and the boys? And, um, I mean, I f- just continuing to grow. I feel like man's plans that we've got right now, you know, um, of just growing as a family um like what you said more more of him less of me 
we saw Colton Dixon in concert not too long ago. And so, you know, it, you know it's one of his songs. So is to quote Colton. That, like, is, is he the one where his eyes are like really wide? Oh, I don't know. We were too far away from the <laughs> stage to see what his eyes look like. He was the American Idol guy. Like he was I an American like Idol. I feel like I saw him way back in like 05 or 06 or oh, something. I, don't know. I think is he's he a baby. Old? I is don't think old? so. I don't know, though. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else because no. I feel like someone named like that yeah i saw him in concert and his eyes were so wide and i was like dude what are you on <laughs> no but, better be jesus right yeah uh but no yeah like more of him less of us i mean because that's what the my greatest um areas of contentment or as he's brought me to contentment in my areas that i'm already in mm -hmm. like of being a wife that's the testimony i love talking about is mm -hmm. like hey marriage is hard like, but we're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, and we have fought hard. We are for each other. Um, we are growing together in the Lord. Look at what the Lord is doing, yes. you know? Um, and, and then also as a mother, the fact that the Lord like took things away from me. Um, I used to be a, an employee that happened to also be a mom. Now I have gone back to work part-time but I am a mom mm -hmm. that happens to be an employee. Thank you very much. It's time for me to go. And I'm not yeah. taking this home, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, and I'm not knocking, I don't knock careers. I don't knock any, but that was an idol for me. Working mm -hmm. was an idol and the Lord did not like playing second fiddle mm -hmm. to that. Um, and as he has, created contentment brought me contentment as I I mean it doesn't come from no no reason it's because I'm laying aside my desires of what I want that I want to work or that I want to do this or that I want to do this and looking at what is in the room mm -hmm. and going gosh she gave me this this is a mm -hmm. gift how can I better take care of it mm -hmm. you know well I need to read your word I need to see what you say about homeschooling hmm. or whatever I'm, or just being a parent. I, I'm the hippie person that thinks everybody's a homeschooler, you know, like <laughs> literally we're all schooling our kids. It just uh -huh. depends on how much you outsource, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, what, what do you say about this hard thing that's going on in my marriage? What's this hard thing that's going on with a friend or a family member, you know, and just, and just keep going to him and then going to him sooner instead mm -hmm. of waiting for like, oh, I can't think of anything else to do. <laughs> for things to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, I mean, that's actually some good advice, God, you know, instead of. <laughs> Who knew it was in your word? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. So just more and more of that. Uh, I don't have any plans of, there's no, I want to be in this house or this financial goal mm -hmm. or this, like, there's none of that. It's like, just more Jesus. Let's just do more Jesus. Hey, it's men. working out. <laughs> you know? say, hey, freaking men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people don't use, that's the F word. Okay. Sorry, Ashley sorry, just sorry, said sorry, the sorry. F word. Freaking motivation time. <laughs> so it's like you have your toes and your eyes. Yeah. And yeah. Your heart and I'll keep, God. I keep doing these prodigal things of like turning, turning my toes away, turning my head away, like whatever, but just, you know, if you just keep getting refreshed by seeking Jesus, reading God's word, you just can't help but go back, mm -hmm. you know, even if you have a moment of, well, I'm just going to look and see how it's going. If I go that way, I'm going to see how this works. You know, I just can't help it now. Cause you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. It has proved faithful 
over and over again. It has proved to be answers. He is definitions to how I'm feeling. When I was laying in that hospital bed after Jasper was born, he's downstairs. I'm upstairs. I don't get to be with him. I don't get to hear him cry. I don't know if he's crying. I don't know. You know, I'm separated and I'm praying to God literally with groans Mm. and tears and in that time. And I know, and I'm like telling the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to translate because I don't even know Mm. what to say. I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm all the things. Mm -hmm. And then, and then to feel peace wash over me, that doesn't make any sense. His word tells me that there's this unexplainable peace that's available. Mm -hmm. His word tells me that his Holy Spirit will speak on my behalf, you know? And Mm -hmm. so just, he puts words to my feelings. He puts, he gives me direction. He gives me answers. It's good. That's beautiful. Amen. Well, I love you. Mm, I love you too. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And, you know, just for opening up to some things that were really painful. Mm. And I know that um, people are going to be blessed Mm. to hear and encouraged to hear that healing and wholeness is possible. And it's when we seek him Mm -hmm. and we will find him. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Thank you, Amy. Thanks.